elegant weapon for a more civilized age. the Dr. Zayas song? Is that The Simpsons? Or Futurama? Yes. I think The Simpsons, right? That was The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah they yeah. got to see Planet of the Apes, the musical. Yeah. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight, fellas. Oh, Kids, man, anytime. You are listening to an Elegant Weapon podcast. Welcome back. It's an episode 440-something. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which one, but we're in there. So it's like 444 or 445 or some kind of crazy shit. That is uh, wild. It's right? amazing. It's, yeah. it, it's stupid wild. Um, imagine if I'd actually put out a show every week for the past 12 years, <laughs> what my number would actually be at because it's it's nowhere near what it should be. Uh, sometimes I see drunk on comics and what their episode count is up to because they've played stayed like pretty steady over the years and yeah. like hundreds of episodes <laughs> it's not easy man it ain't it ain't easy well i know some podcasts that put out an episode like once a month or every three months so i'm not gonna mm-hmm. feel too bad about it but i've no, been very definitely. busy uh i've had something crazy kind of happen which uh we'll get out of the way at the top of the show kids i don't know if you follow me on tiktok Sean, I believe you follow me on TikTok. I certainly do, yeah. Uh, about five days ago, I made a lightsaber video, a video about the Inquisitor's lightsaber, just a toy that I have, right? And I put out this video, uh, and I get like 50K hits on it. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Something hit here, right? So I immediately make two more lightsaber videos of two other different toys. I think it was Plo Koon and Kit Fisto. Nice. And currently, I think the Plo Koon one is at 260K. And the uh, the Kit Fisto just went over like 300K. That's awesome. So within five days, I went from 300 followers to almost 8,000. Nice. <laughs> so kids, follow me on TikTok because we're having a hell of a fucking party going on over there. Um, yeah. I've been so spending- back on there. I, I, delete- I had an account and deleted it. Because I didn't really know what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I'll start it up again and follow you. That's well, pretty awesome, though. Yeah, it's, it came out of nowhere. I was just like, because I make these stupid little unboxing videos and toy mm-hmm. videos just for fun. Because I like to yeah. film it, I like to edit it. It's a nice little creative exercise that I enjoy yeah, doing. Yeah. So you know, for like six months or whatever, I make these little videos. You get like two hundred hits, and you're like, whatever. But it's fun, right? And I don't know what happened, but like five days ago, things kind of blew up. So I guess you kids out there like lightsabers. So if you want to see a lot of them, come check out uh, an elegant weapon on That's TikTok. That's true. Right? That's true. This is this is the most wild lightsaber collection I've ever seen in person. Well, uh, it's wild, awesome. dude. It's kind of nuts because they're all toys. And everybody keeps asking me if I have all these characters. Like half my comments are, do you have this person? And do you have that person? And I'm like, they've not made toys for anybody. <laughs> but like, like I have like 70-something toy lightsabers. And that's spread out between like five characters. You know what no. I mean? Because like Star- they only mm-hmm. made certain character lightsabers. But I'm getting all these comments of all these obscure Jedis. People are like, do you have theirs? And I'm like, that doesn't <laughs> exist. 
Yeah. Unless I got to pay $600 for some crazy custom lightsaber. Of you know course. What I mean? Yeah. I've got two. I have exactly two lightsabers. Which ones? Uh, I have. Well, you you tell me. You'll know immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First. Oh, except you're missing the bottom. Uh, yes, I am missing the bottom. Good call. Yeah, <laughs> which like, I have. Oh, it's yeah. just right over there, but it comes off for some reason. I was just like, why? Why does that um, bottom? Is the blade out? not in it? Uh, I actually took the blades out. Okay. I just, I just like the hilts. I, I'm I, actually. That is the first lightsaber toy that was released for a Phantom Menace. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. Obi-Wan's lightsaber from a Phantom yeah. Menace. And I remember going over to Walmart uh, <laughs> and grabbing that the second they came out. And that's yeah. when my obsession reignited. That's cool. Um, that's cool. For light so he not only knew which one it was, he knew that it wasn't fully assembled. <laughs> and he knew when it came out and for which movie. That's what I'm from saying. From a three-second holdup. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like that's he knows. amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, they released yeah. the Darth Maul lightsaber as well at the same time, which yeah. was well. There was only um, three. There was Qui Gon, Obi Wan, yeah. and the Darth Maul. And that's uh, right, man. Like mine is as beat as yours almost. Except <laughs> I, I've bought a new one since, but my original one just got beat to hell. I used to take that thing everywhere to like parties. Like oh, of I, course, like new. Yeah. It was it was with me on New Year's two thousand in a barn. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm sure. pretty sure I had mine hooked to my belt as well back then. That's fantastic. Uh, just, yes, uh, right? And then, obviously. Uh... Oh, that's the Power of the Force, Luke. And you took yeah, the blade the, out of that one, too. I, I did. It, these weren't the ones where the blade goes inside the hill. No, they were They stuck out. It's right? so annoying. That's all yeah. we had from the entire 90s. Yeah. All we had were those Power of the Force. And yeah. how the hell do you play with that? Like, what's the point? Like, No, it's not. Yeah. It's not cool. It bothered me cool. for years, even though I have all of them ever made. It still bothers <laughs> yeah. me. <laughs> right? Yeah, they're the, they're the coolest, man. Oh, but kids, I have had lightsabers on the mind like crazy all week. But let's talk about some goddamn comic books because I have not had comics on my mind. And there's a lot of cool stuff happening. We are returning to the world of Samurai Grandpa. This is exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah I, you guys sound thrilled over the whole matter. <laughs> you know what? I got to get down on your level here. Let me flick my bic, Sean, so yeah, I can, yeah. I can you, equalize with you. Yeah, I'm sure Easton can attest to this. Um, but the most exciting part of a Kickstarter is once uh, it funds, right? It doesn't. <laughs> that's the best part about a Kickstarter. It's so much work mm -hmm. and. <laughs> put all this work into a kickstarter um you know as soon as that number is reached i'm gonna be uh the most energetic i've been all year i promise uh but it's just it's it's a lot of work up until then are you, know? you doing and, a and kickstarter then. yourself then or do you guys like trade off or how do you uh whose responsibility is putting the kickstarter together uh we do we we definitely um well it's cool because i don't know about back in the day because we did our first one in 2016, I think. Um, I don't know if they had the collaboration feature. Maybe they did, and I didn't. We didn't really know what we were doing. But you can add a collaborator. It has to be in one person's account. Oh, um, okay. But but so like the way we we did it was because now Sean and I both have collectively collectively done over like 10. Um, you know, Sean's the artist, so I, I I sort of just like laid out a framework of the page, thinking like, all right, this this is the story. Here's a rough draft of our text 
here's some of the rewards. I went through, built in the rewards. And then Sean uh, um, created these amazing graphics on his end. And he can just go right in as a collaborator and move things around and edit and, and change things up. So, so yeah, it's definitely, um, at this point, we've, we've definitely been working on it together. Um, Sean did a lot of, cool. obviously, the heavy lifting on the art and the graphics, for sure. Um, but we talk, you know, send messages about rewards and we'll edit things back and forth and be like, oh, I updated the page, check it out. And all that happens up until the minute before we launch. <laughs> and even yeah. after, you can still edit things. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, back when we first did the first Samurai Grandpa Kickstarter, uh, there was no feature like that. There was no collaborator feature. Yeah, you I could add somebody was, on. Right? Yeah. No, nothing <laughs> like that. And so they've done a really good job making sure that uh, two people with different accounts can run a single campaign. Uh, so kudos to them. They've they've changed so much since we started using Kickstarter to fund uh, in our self-published comics. But I can't think of a single change that they've made so far that has negatively impacted uh, the pro- the process. It's all just been good stuff, and that's yeah, been and, really and- important. You know, for what's cool is all of these changes and things have come from creator feedback. Right. They've been putting out surveys over the years, and I filled out a couple as well. And I was like, well, you know, it would be neat if if it wasn't so cumbersome to add a photo or or whatever. And now, once you ha- once you have a line of text, if you highlight it, you have the option to. It sounds simple, but just highlighting it now, you can bold, italics, or underline, or even put media in um, a photo or. Um, a short movie or whatever, where it used to be uh, you had to put your cursor in, go up to the top, hit, you know, add JPEG or whatever. But now it's just, it's made it a lot more intuitive and smooth in the creation process. So yeah. just the it's interface, great. the interface is a lot simpler to deal with, more drag and mm-hmm. drop type stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Our friend Allison O'Toole, um, renowned editor, Allison O'Toole, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, just got hired by Kickstarter, and I believe that's what she's doing. Oh, really? That's awesome. Because um, do you know what I'm talking about, Sean? Yeah. So she's kind of on the. Uh, it's like a council, the of, advisory like... council for comics, right. basically. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's like a year long thing uh, where they essentially work with people who use Kickstarter to try and get some feedback on how things uh, how things work. Uh, as for, and, and to literally just do what Easton was saying and get uh, feedback right from the people using the platform. Uh, and obviously, she's such a good choice for that. because Oh, like, my God. Yeah, she's like perfect for it. She's going to do an amazing job. And uh, I'm excited to uh, to see what feedback she ends up getting that the platform ends up using. Because uh, I know there's going to be something for sure. That's uh, awesome. as, as good as it is, there's always, always something that could be mm-hmm. done a little bit better. She's been uh, part of that huge Toronto glow up this year. I mean, between her and Jason Lowe, I mean, shit has gotten crazy around here. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, but um, I mean, again, it's, these, it's, I guess it's weird for us because, like, I forget the time frames that I've been watching all you guys work for 10 to 12 years at this point. <laughs> yeah, and that's when true. I first met all of you, you know, I, you get to know people and then you see their work go on, but like a lot of people never change. Like, if you see Allison at a show, she's still Allison. Right. And she doesn't change whatsoever in, in, in Andy Iota over the past decade. So you forget like how successful people are getting right in front of our eyes. Cause it's been a bit, it's, it's a gradual like process, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. How yeah, did you two originally hook up? Uh, Twitter, I think. Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Twitter. 
um, back in <laughs> back when it was usable and fun, um, mm-hmm. Sean, you know, we just kind of ran the same comic circle and he would post art and I thought that was super cool. And we would just chat about like, you know, stuff we were reading or, you know, comics. I wasn't really making them as much at that point. I don't, I, I think I just started like my very first one. Um, um, but Sean was doing the first Terraquil and he was like, I was like, oh, that looks great. He was like, oh, what's your address? I'll send you some. And I was like, oh, I'm in, I'm in New York. And he's like, that's okay. I'll send you some ash cans. <laughs> and he did. And I still have them. Um, and that was just super cool. And then like, we've just been chatting since then um, and then making comics. So yeah, yeah it's cool. weird how it all started back then. I met Sean, I met Sean, uh, I met you on Twitter as well. So this was like 2011. I think we all started talking, right? Yeah, we all started meeting now. each other, and uh, yeah, there was there was a cool comics circle. Um, oh, that crew is like Timothy Conroy and like fucking uh, Sean, of course. Rest yeah. in peace, mm-hmm. Potato Waste, yeah. and you know, just the the drunk on comics oh, yeah. boys. Like, yeah, yeah, it was it was a big circle, and it's so weird that like here we are a decade later. Twitter began all these beautiful things, and to see what yeah. Twitter has devolved into since then. Yeah. It's it's really sad. You know? It is, yeah, yeah. So wild. It's like I, I don't understand why. That's kind of the the thing that does it for me. Is like I get I get it. You want to change, but like I don't understand why you made these changes. Thinking like, yeah, people are gonna love this. This is gonna be great. And it's like, oh, you've killed it. <laughs> like I haven't been like I haven't tweeted seriously in years. Like if for some yeah. reason, like that happened, it was like my first social media app. I met everybody. And then once I started going to shows, I just kind of stopped and it just didn't seem to have its purpose after a while anymore. I yeah. I uh, lost its luster for me after like maybe two, three years of using it, you know, that's all. Yeah. that And that's, I, I feel that I, I have felt the same way for a long time. Uh, it's just that it's hard to just not post there anymore because it, it feels like I would be and Ethan, maybe you feel the same way. I'm not, you know, I'd love to hear how you feel about this. Uh, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm missing out by not posting there because there's still comic people there who yeah. read and post about stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, and like part of me, there, there is a part of me that feels like, you know, all right, this guy screwed it up. Like, screw that. I don't, I don't need to be on here anymore. Fuck it. I'll go somewhere else and do it my own way. But then at the same time, I think like, oh man, well, like I didn't meet you guys and Kay and a lot of other people that I've worked with and become friends with through the comics community there. And like you said, like, it does feel like kind of sad and I do get a little nostalgic, but at the same time, it's almost like muscle memory. Cause I'm like, okay, got a new comic book coming out, time to promote it. And like, there used to be some pretty good engagement. Now I'm like, Okay, well, Sean retweeted me. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> he knows yeah. what I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's the thing. Is like, it's so yeah. weird how much engagement has plummeted on that platform, yeah. and I mean, how much. I don't know things... anything about algorithms or or anything like that, but whatever it used to be, it's not the same. Like, yeah, that's for sure. not yeah. not even close. And the yeah. the thing is, like the content. It's not like the content has gotten worse. Uh, it's just that mm-hmm. the way it's being distributed has. Uh, I think failed creators in a big way. Uh, and so it's interesting. It, to... it, I could feel it getting negative, like over the years, it just seemed to get angrier and angrier and angrier. And then yeah, it got to a yeah. point where I was like, Twitter's just, it, it just feels icky when I go there. 
And it's funny how things like become secular and they come and they go because I mean, for the past few years there, we hear about, oh, Facebook's dead and it's just for old people. And within the past like six to eight months, Facebook and Facebook Reels has become one of the top ways to engage with people again. And I think part of Facebook have reels. Oh, I guess they do because that's Instagram, right? Well, they're all connected, right? So, you know, you can just like shoot that shit all over. But it's also weird because like I was saying before, like I can I can post a video on TikTok. Got like 8,000 followers almost, you know, you get a couple hundred thousand views, but I feel I'm missing out if I don't post on Facebook because those are people I know. And there's a weird difference to it where I don't know, I, I would feel like I'm 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 totally like just talking to air if I'm not posting on Facebook just because it's it's family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And it's odd because I seem to go to Facebook first, yet that's where I have the least amount of actual audience for like the show or whatever, mm. right? Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. You just it becomes like muscle memory, like you're saying, like, you know, where you go to and stuff. Yeah, it's nice that we have new options popping up, but um, those are going to take years to to really start to uh, become as effective as like Twitter was in its prime, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it'll take fewer years than Twitter did just because of the way that the, the, the speed that technology moves and the way things just, uh, you know, Twitter was kind of like the proving ground, I think, for social media apps like like that. It really started the micro format of absolutely putting out a tiny little thing and then you know letting letting people do what they will with it um well, i mean that weird spot of watching things evolve too right yeah like right in front totally. of our eyes again we get to be that last generation who didn't even have an internet right and then had <laughs> yeah. an internet and yeah <laughs> and now we get to literally now things move so fast we're like the first generation to get to watch evolution happen at a rate so quickly that we can literally see it Right. Mm-hmm. and analyze like by months you know what i mean like like remember uh oh what was it there was something that came out that was going to be huge and then just like vanished instantly but that stuff starts to happen because something better comes like remember vines like yeah, vines man. was huge and then that vanished yeah. because other things replaced it and you know mm-hmm. even tiktok's <laughs> becoming like it, a yeah. search engine everything's about seo now right yeah yeah it is uh, Okay, uh, yeah, so yeah. like we're 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 getting away from what we should be talking about as enjoyable as this. <laughs> well, is. this stuff is good for creators, I think. It's, oh, it's good great that creators, creators yeah. pay attention to this stuff. So, it's, but yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah. How about Samurai Grandpa? Eh? Well, <laughs> I get the boys got back together now. Yeah. How many books have you two done together at this point? Not just Samurai Grandpa, but how many books have you done? I want to say four or five or more. Um, so how i guess there's a let's let's include everything that has both of our names on it at the same time yeah like a fair thing because in that case it's quite a bit more two a guardian books yeah um eason did a story in iluman so that counts and bridge builders creed and bridge builders yeah that's right samurai grandpa uh which we've done one book and now there's another one so there's six already uh, we did Big Hype, which was a right. fight manga to death. anthology. Fight to yeah. Death, yeah. There's seven. Uh, 
I feel like there's lost, more lost souls. Oh, lost souls. <laughs> oh yeah, lost yes. souls. Jesus. So yeah. what is it? What what do you guys like so much about working together? After you. <laughs> What's that? After you. <laughs> <laughs> um well, I mean, so I think first thing that I would say is like Sean and I, like like you know, like we were saying earlier, like we met like back on Twitter in like 2011 or 2012, whatever it was. And we've just kind of like became friends quickly, you know, on the surface level, but then since we've evolved into very good friends, I consider Sean one of my best friends. Um, and so it's just like fun. Like, yeah, we have a lot of the same interests. Um, but then when it comes to like, uh, s- stories that we love to read or watch, we have, we like those as well. And like Sean will read a book and be like, Hey, you got to check this out. I'll do the same for him. We like to incorporate a lot of those same elements into our stuff. Like they're very, they're very emotional and they're always usually about family or you know loss and growth and trying to find yourself again at some point um but we also it's not it's not all just that it's not all sad and uh you know heavy life stuff we also like to make them weird and funny and and absurd and sort of whimsical at the same time and we just kind of work well together like i'm i don't like i know sean is is an expert he's an expert writer and artist and editor. And if I send him something, he'll be like, well, you know, why don't we try it this way? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Because I know it's going to usually turn out better than what I had down for the panel or the page in the script. Um, and, you know, we don't take anything personally. I think when we work, we, we are very open to each other's ideas. And we like to see where it evolves and goes through from there. So it's a smooth and easy process. So I think that counts for something as well. It's it yeah. seems like it's just got to be straight up fun for you guys yeah. too. And oh, the one thing it. about Sean, like like Sean, you're such a good writer unto yourself that whenever I see you doing someone else's work, I know it's because you really want to. And there's <laughs> something, you know, that you've connected to about that or you could be writing all this shit just by yourself, you know what I mean, and be uh, doing well, absolutely fine. Yes and no. Uh in that I could never write a story like Samurai Grandpa the way that Easton did uh, in that he uh, he really because I mean, and what I'm talking about is the especially the second volume that's on Kickstarter right now. And that's because the story really is about um, our main character, Ochi-chan, becoming a father for the first time. And it's about him learning, you know, becoming a selfless man for the first time in his entire life. I couldn't write a story like that. That is something I don't have kids. uh, And I don't know what that feels like. Uh, Because I think, you know what I mean? Like having kids is something that is deeply personal and something that you can maybe you can learn about. But until you have kids, you'll never know what it's like to like hold a child that is yours in your arms and to have that protective nature about you and to, you know, to, uh, to <laughs> do anything you have to, to keep that child alive. I don't know what that feels like Easton does. And so he was able to uh, write a story that evokes that. And that's something I couldn't do. So first of all, thank you. I'm, I'm, I appreciate <laughs> that you uh, think that I'm a great writer and that that goes a long way. Um, you are. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, and I, but I know that I couldn't tell stories the the way that uh, no, I feel Easton you. does about certain you. things. You know? No, absolutely. We all have our different connections to things and life experiences that oh, for sure form the ability to 
get detailed but, about something right and everything that you just said is exactly why i love working with people like easton uh because i get to live those experiences through their work right like i get to read a script about a man becoming a father for the first time and uh that just hits hard because i i can't do stuff like that myself and, and have it as impactful as that so yeah i i I'm very fortunate that the people that I work with, I get to learn from based off of the scripts that they send me, you know? It's really cool because even though it's an old trope to say that you don't really know until you have kids what it's like to have kids, but I think think what people may mean by that that non-parents don't quite understand is that it's not a matter of saying you don't understand what it's like to love a kid until you have a kid. It's, it really is. You're there's something that weird that happens in your brain where once you become a parent, things start happening to you that you didn't expect or anticipate that just kind of throw you for a loop. Right. And you become emotional in ways that uh, just throw you off. And, and in, I like in those moments, you kind of, as a parent say to yourself, like, holy shit, if you know, like this is, I would have never been affected this way, by if I hadn't had a kid, like, I'll give you a small example. Um, when I had my kid, uh, my son, it was like five 30 in the morning and you know, the kid came out, the whole thing. Great. Awesome. <laughs> did, did great. Uh, after about an hour and a bit of chill down time afterwards like the boys all cleaned wrapped up suckling and chilling and they're skin to skin everybody's happy big smiles uh and you're on a high right like like your adrenaline's rushing because this crazy shit just happened you just watched a human being come out of a woman's vagina and it's the craziest fucking shit i've (laughs) ever fucking seen right like it 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 it, anyways that's a whole other fucking story um but then i I uh I was like okay I need to smoke. I finally got to the point where I was like I need a cigarette, and I was like Aaron I'm gonna go have a smoke if that's cool. She's like yeah go have a smoke. So I'm walking through the the hospital like you know top of the world. I'm three feet off the ground. I'm floating. I'm thrilled. I just had a boy. Holy shit! The craziest crap just happened. So I get into the car and I have a cigarette, light it up, and I'm like well time to call my mom right. And I'm all stoked and I'm all excited. And I'm all ready. Like, I'm I'm thinking about all the shit I'm going to tell her and like how it went. And I got to tell her the story. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And I call the second I hear her voice. She answers the phone. She says hello. And I can't even get a word out. I just erupt into blubbering crying. (laughs) Like, I am like just crying my face off. And in no way did I feel it coming. No way did I expect it. And I, 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 like, I, I guess it was just the whole emotion of the whole damn thing. But mm-hmm. that's when it kind of hit me. And I thought to myself in the moment, like, I had no control over this. Like, this is co- so completely new and foreign as an emotion that you really can't understand what it's like unless you fucking create another human being. It's, it's, so it's not like a, a love thing. I think that's why non-parents hate to hear that sometimes. And I understand that point of view. Like it's kind of putting something down. It almost sounds like to say, oh, you don't understand until you've like whatever. 
like sure that may be true but but this is one of those things where it's not like just walking in someone's shoes or having an experience like that like it, it changes your your brain and right. and like your 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 you know physical quantum structure when you reproduce yourself it's really fucked up sure and i imagine even just something as simple as caring for a child over the course of um x amount of years regardless of whether or not it's like a biological thing like that connection is just as strong and just as uh well it's 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 also it's it's strong in the way that it fucks you up and like easton i'm sure like 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 caring is not the right word to me to describe it you know especially for the first 12 13 years you've got to keep another human being a (laughs) lot you've got this thing that can't move can't talk can't feed it's can't do anything and like a two foot drop could break this thing's skull open (laughs) you know and you've got to keep that from happening so you're on such a constant mode of don't let this thing die It's a good thing, Ethan. Uh, correct me if I'm mistaken, but it's a good thing that uh, they can like fall and like mm. generally like also they're very bouncy. Be tough, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's not easy, but yeah, they are a little. They are tougher, especially. You know, we only have one, and we're very um, protective of her. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, she bounces back. She she'll run into the wall and start screaming and crying, and then want to play again three seconds later. And I'm like, oh my god, are you sure you're okay? Like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. Let's go build Legos houses. <laughs> That's awesome. And you just gotta trust my guess. Just be like, yeah, all right, yeah. if you say so. I mean, you can tell, but it's like you know, <laughs> yeah. you're you're like your heart drops. You're like, oh, oh my god, what just happened? And how did it happen so fast? Right. And then yeah. <laughs> so. All of this stuff is, you know, this is all very important to Samurai Grandpa, too, because all of these experiences that, you know, Easton has had, these are going into the book as a way of, you know, showing how this this old samurai from the first book from Samurai Grandpa one that which we released in, I think, 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, When we released that book, he was an old man kind of at the end of his life and. Uh, this book that we're the story that we're telling now in Samar Grandpa and the Eight Branch Tree, uh, we we flash back to him being a, a father. Yeah, this is a prequel, time. right? Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we get to see him as a grandfather in the first book, but we get to learn why he ended up being such a, a solid grandpa um, by reading this next book, which is it's the, actually yeah. I don't want to say too much about the 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 way that it starts but I'm very proud of the way that it starts because I think it was a I don't say this often about the stuff that I do I think it was a pretty solid idea the way that we tied it into the first book and I think it's going to work out really cool for people who are fans of that first book um but yeah it's mm-hmm. him telling a story that's basically this book is him telling the story of how he you know did uh it, the, the, I don't want to talk too much about it, but he well, goes on this okay. journey as a, a young a young samurai, and uh, he does some things that he's maybe not proud of, uh, but he does it in the name of, you know, uh, of his child. And does that make it bad? Does that make it good? Uh, it's kind of it's asking some pretty hard questions by the end of this book. Yeah. And it was this was kind of, and this was kind of the like so Sean actually had the idea to do um, a prequel like this. I am such uh, a sucker for a prequel. I can't even tell yeah, you guys. I mean, I'm, I'm so I mean, excited I mean, about this. I can't I even love tell that. 
So in the in the very beginning, I, I don't know if we really had a plan for things after Samurai Grandpa, but then um, we got to thinking, um, and I and I was maybe maybe I pitched this to you years ago, Sean. And I was like, I want to keep exploring the ripples of the Orochi and Ojichan feud through through the generations because it's all about family, and it all started a long time ago when Ojichan was young. Um, and then where you were like, well, what if we do that? But first we build upon the moment that led, that started it all, which is when he has his kid, which eventually leads to him becoming a grandfather when Kyle grows up and has his own kid. Um, <clears throat> and so that was Sean's idea. And we were like, okay, all right, yeah, let's do that. Um, so when we got to, to scripting it. We, and it was actually called the first subtitle of it was called what matters most. And that was sort of, um, this internal struggle of Ojichan trying to, when he became a father, trying to then balance his own projection of life that he thought he had in his head, which was to become the best samurai um, and, you know, do all this, all these wild adventures and noble things. Then versus I have a kid now, my priorities are, are shifting. <laughs> I need to, I need to get them straight. Um, and so it's a little bit of that exploration as well. Um, and so it has, he has a lot of internal conflict. Um, and then there's, there's another character in there who's, who's an older woman and she has her own issues with her son and child loss and things like that on, on different levels in the script. Um, but yeah, anyway, I started to ramble, but <laughs> no, no, just, no, it's <laughs> good. It's good that's stuff. yeah. Just, just like the first book, this yeah. has a lot of themes of, um, uh, of family and and loss that like which I mean I feel like anyone who's read anything that Ethan and I ha have ever done together they kind of know that that's what we like to talk about <laughs> those are the stories we well, enjoy there, we... You, you got this situation where there's there's teams here and there throughout the communities and people who like to work together but there's this uh, unique situation about you two where you you guys go deep and you go a lot deeper than most yet it's wrapped in fun water colored cartoony awesomeness and it's it's i don't know it's just i wish there was more of it going on i wish people would you know maybe take the time to get as deep into something as the two of you do and i guess you're also both lucky that you both like to look into things deep because it's not, a, you know, and it helps that you're both writers because a lot of the time the artist just gets the words and they're like, okay, I'll do my best to interpret this. But I mean, you're, you're, you're coming at this, Sean, really appreciating the story that Easton's told. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's, it's super cool. Just, it's a different experience as, uh, as a creative person to dive into the creativity of somebody else and then work with them to see it just become a this tangible thing uh, that people can consume and uh but then Sean yeah, it's also, very different. don't sell yourself short you also bring so much creativity to that like for example the first five pages that we have as a preview on here these were Sean's idea to do this um this sort of uh framing prologue where we do see um the older Ojichan after He's killed Orochi. He's he's literally seconds away from closing his eyes for the last time, and then he's visited by the spirit who who 
who after all this and he thinks he can finally rest, he has to get up and pass another sort of test or trial. Um, and then so we have little, you know, sprinkles of old Ojichan mixed in with this story of the young, younger Ojichan. Um, and and I, when Sean pitched that idea to me, I just like I did, I loved it when he, you know, just like when he pitched the the idea for this prequel. So, Sean, do you think, I guess this is an individualistic uh, decision, though, but the the deeper stuff seems to come all, often out of those teams that are made up of uh, where one of the participants, if not both, can is you know has some sort of background in both writing and drawing, and you know guys like Chip Zdarsky and Jim Zub and you know Jason Lowe and you know does though you know you fit right into that mold as well. Is do you is do you recommend that artists like you know, kind of take their moment to study writing at all as much as they can, or to just you know if it do you think that's an individual kind of decision? I always say that if you're an artist, learn how to write. If you're a writer, learn a little bit about drawing or at least the lingo, because I know that it's hard to just like I don't know put time into crafting. Uh, visual arts than it is to but if they're if you're a writer and you're looking to learn i know this great um twitch stream that that streams a couple days a week by this guy sean daly do you draw at all easton yeah i do um I, not as much as i as i would like to but i usually have a commission tier or like sketch card tiers um on kickstarters uh i used to try and think that i could make draw my own comics but i'm just so incredibly slow um i used to draw a lot as a kid and by draw a lot i mean i used to look at dragon ball z pictures on the internet and just <laughs> draw those um or copy those and then you know work on shading and try my hand at coloring and stuff like that so i i kind of draw a little bit i have some cool watercolors actually because Sean inspired me to mess around with those. And I'm starting to more with my daughter because she really loves it. So we do a lot of watercolor um, drawings and stuff for fun here and there. Yeah. It's, Not anywhere near just, Sean's level, but no, I am selling like No, there's, some, there's something about Sean's watercoloring that inspires people to do so. Like, I, oh, I it's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. remember Declan when he was younger, my kid. There was one period there where <clears> all he wanted to do was draw like Sean Daly. And uh, you know, you know that. that kid, that kid may have more of your art than any other human on earth <laughs> of like original shit. When I come to think about it, that's cool. It'll be uh, worth yeah. pennies someday. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, that's that's awesome. I I love to hear that. That's honestly like why I stream on Twitch. Like what Easton just said, three times a week is because I want to. Uh, just take some time. I mean, I'm sitting here drawing anyways. I might as well uh, demonstrate it and talk about it. And if I can kind of inspire some people to make some art then, or to learn something new, then like, cool. That's that's uh, the name of the game for that. But Ethan, you kind of undersell yourself a little bit because like your drawings are fantastic. I have some Easton Deverne original artwork uh, of Samurai Grandpa that he drew for me back in the day that uh, I still cherish quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's, 
I think it's important to. Do you ever post it anywhere? Do you ever share it? I want to see it. Yeah, you used to. I used to. I actually used to have my own Instagram account for some art stuff I did. Uh, I think I've closed it down, but. Maybe I'll start drawing more and posting it. Maybe you're lighting lighting a fire. You're igniting. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't <laughs> you don't even say that because we all say it so often, and life's just too busy. There's just too much going on. <laughs> and uh, okay, I'm trying want to focus a little bit. Um, it's always so easy to just shoot the shit with you guys. We could just go for hours, as we've been basically going for a fucking decade. Sometime I'd like to take the time to actually look back and like see how much collected like. Fucking Sean Daly time is on this goddamn show. <laughs> uh, Samurai Grandpa and the Eight Branched Tree, book one. Uh, yeah, we're standing. We got eight thousand five hundred thirteen Canadian dollars pledged of a seventeen thousand five hundred seventy-five uh, dollar goal. One hundred forty-six backers with twenty days to go. Now this is uh, this is a higher than usual goal for you guys, no? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's uh, the thing is though with that goal, we're not asking for anything more than we absolutely need to uh and we have a breakdown at the bottom of the page that explains uh, exactly where all of those funds are going and how they're being used uh and it adds up to exactly what we need which is just basically my page rate a page rate for the writer Easton, and um printing and shipping and that's it there's nothing else baked into that it's just what we need to make the book printing and shipping costs have they just seem to go up like yeah by an absurd amount every single year um yeah it's getting hard to keep up with you know and and i feel bad sometimes having to charge more for shipping especially internationally um that's not your fault though man yeah 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 it's it's, it just kind of stinks though everybody's getting screwed that way i backed a kickstarter the other day and luckily the dude's in toronto and i was able and it was like because it was a 15 dollar book uh, mm-hmm. just to get the book and then it was ten dollars shipping and i was yeah. just like dude do you mind if i just pledge no reward i do this all <laughs> the time i pledge no yeah. reward and then i just get them to save me a book i every time i go right. to michigan there's like a stack of kickstarter books somewhere <laughs> waiting for you because I've, <laughs> I've just been like fuck shipping man it's ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah it's pretty bananas um yeah how many pages uh... is this book sorry this is an eighty-page book. Eighty, yeah, like and but here, this is this is part one. So we had we actually had to have a sit down, chat, and and make the decision whether we were going to put it all out as one book or split it into two. And we started looking at production costs, and we were like, if we do the whole thing, that goal is going to be even higher. Um, yeah, there's no way and, we would have been able to. That hit the, that goal if we had done the book in, in like kind of one single go right uh, it just wouldn't happen and and this way people get to read it faster than if we had to do a full 160 ish page book right um you get to read the first half of it way sooner than you would if we had to do it all at once kind of thing mm-hmm. um yeah it's just like of course we chose the uh the most uh, recent point in history where like people are just completely strapped because of the way that the economy is going. <laughs> yeah, so, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't have planned it worse. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, 
um, knowing that, and I'm included in that batch of people who are just like, what the hell is happening with the cost of everything? Uh, I'm in that and I'm, (laughs) I'm so far in that, that I'm, you know, I don't want to get into it, but this looks it's so good though like come thank on. you <laughs> it's worth every penny like thank you I, I appreciate that and that's why i'm not um worried about asking for a goal like that because the quality of the book is going to be uh, it's going to be great it's going to be a great quality book it's uh, a very poignant and important story and we have a history of always fulfilling our campaigns well, that's the thing. You guys are a sure bet and not just, exactly. you know, decent book. You're going to get a great book out of you guys. And that's, that's just a thing yes. now known. Um, I have a question, though. This fucking quote that I'm reading here that I didn't know existed. And you'll need to tell me how this fucking happened. Samurai Grandpa is a stunning achievement, a debut work that's daring, original and deeply wise, a wondrous, harrowing journey through a land of ghosts, warriors and demons, literal and figurative. Full of gorgeous visions and heart-trending truths. Uh, monkey ninjas, sea monsters, wandering spirits. Daverna and Daly have made something really special with this one. Scott fucking Snyder said that. <laughs> where where the fuck did this come from? Um, yeah, so Scott, Scott is awesome. So uh, when I was doing my MFA... Um, I don't know. Geez, I guess the years are blurring. Like the early 2010s. What's an MMF? What's an MFA? What'd you just? Uh, say? My master's um, oh, okay. in creative writing, master of fine arts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was doing that in um, 2011, maybe. I took I took the the graphic novel course, and it was taught by Scott. And I was in New what? York. It was at Stony Brook, Southampton, um, and and so I was into comics. Like growing up, loved them, loved them. Went to high school, um, still loved them. Went to college, sort of fell out of it a little bit. Um, and just because I, I was an English major, so I was like kind of forced to just spend all my time reading literature and things like that. Um, but then when I went to do my master's, I wanted to be a writer and do creative writing. So I was like going for that, even though it might might be a worthless degree. We'll see. Um and I didn't know who Scott was. And that was right when he started the New 52 run um, of Batman. And I was like, you know what? I, I've taken so many short story or novel courses. Um, let me take this graphic novel. because I always liked comics. One of my good friends encouraged me to do something a little different. Um, and so, yeah, that this is this course probably is the reason why I started making comics. Um, just studying books like um, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Uh, you know, the dark night, the black hole, like so many, um, so many weird eclectic, uh, and, and definitely books, you know, fun home, like, like a whole bunch of ranges of comics. And I was like, man, this is why I love them from the beginning. And I can see now that they can do even more. So anyway, I kind of kept in touch with Scott over the years. Um, wow. and you know, I think he backed the first one. And so he read it and, uh, this was when we were getting published, uh, with source point and, uh, he offered to do, um, a pull quote and and uh, you know so he made a really nice one for us <laughs> he did yeah he did a God very nice damn. one damn yeah, yeah. Like, like he put some thought into that eh? yeah yeah, yeah. it was beautiful that well is written. too rad man what a cool situation to have had getting to be taught that the new 50 so basically that's that's around when the show started yeah yeah um because we started the show sean and i we started not this sean old sean potato is sean Sean Christopher, mm-hmm. Sean Peter. Uh, we started this show 
because we were podcast fans and our intention was just to get high and shoot the shit. There were no, there was no topic or theme or anything. Literally the only reason it was called an elegant weapon was because I liked the term and I liked lightsabers. So I was like, (laughs) let's call it an elegant weapon. Right. And uh, yeah, for the first bunch of episodes, we didn't even talk about comic books. We talked about like Star Trek and Portuguese man wars (laughs) <laughs> but then the new 52 happened, which was yeah. big. Like uh, that pulled oh, yeah. me and Sean in a lot. And we just ended up, it started that we just, because we were reading and talking about it so much, it became, uh, you know, quite a frequent topic on, on the show was talking about new 52. And basically yeah. from there on in, it was a comic book podcast and which is still weird because it has a star Wars name. <laughs> So well, there's Star Wars comics, so you know. there, uh, yeah, and we had a fun time at Fan Expo. There, I got to do a live episode with Leonard Kirk, Aaron Leffler, and Megan Huang, all who have worked on Star Wars comics, right? That's um, awesome. So that was a very cool coming. Yeah, New Fifty Two is great. That really, like, I, a lot of you know, you'll find mixed feelings about it if you look around, but that the whole reboot really fired me up, like really got me back into it. And like, I was picking up new stories left and right. Um, I was, it was just, that was fun. Like, I just love going to comic shop every week. I kind of have slowed down quite a bit on that because I just can't afford it. (laughs) It's it's very expensive buying weekly. Um, But I love, I I did love the new 52 reboot. I had a lot of fun reading those books. Okay. We've done it again. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm supposed to be looking at this Kickstarter here. <laughs> so what do we got? Available rewards. Okay, we've got a digital edition for ten dollars, eighty pages full color. That's a that's a hell of a deal. Oh, but wait, you actually get volume one for free with that as well. So you're getting Ooh. like you got like oh, two hundred pages and the accompanying chiptune soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and the soundtrack for ten. Nicely bucks. done. Yeah, so and this is by March, sweet. kids. You guys, that's that's a pretty quick turnaround. I like that. You're gonna have that. Uh, you know, that's only a couple month wait, so that's not bad at all for an eighty page book. You know, uh, especially when the physical edition is only twenty five dollars. Like, come on. And for any of you Yanks listening out there, that's 25 Canadians. So I'd love to see what this Kickstarter looks like on their end from an American's point of view, because I'm sure these prices are different now. Mm, I think it's 25 American. It's 25 American. It was 22 for the early bird, but that's. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, there I'm was sorry. I'm on the yeah. wrong yeah. site. Hold on. Let me do a thing. Okay. It's $34 Canadian. <laughs> yeah. That's about right. Goddamn internet. <laughs> always having to live in an America's shadows all right there it is about uh 34 dollars. that's still whatever you got an ink sketch edition oh so that's going to be an original ink sketch or is yeah. it going to be like a print in no no that's like a drawing in the book of uh mm-hmm. so at this point yeah. you... okay that's cool that's a 61 dollar tier so there's 15 backers so sean at this point you're already have you already have to make 15 original ink sketches oh i don't mind let's make it 100 i want to encourage everyone to go for this <laughs> tier this tier let's get a couple hundred on this tier right if, here look if if that happens i'm going to happily draw every single one of those uh, and i'm going to make them amazing i don't uh, i don't screw around with the with interior sketches Mm-hmm. Tell Easton the story of what happened when we were leaving Philadelphia Fan Expo Philadelphia. 
Oh, what happened? I did I <laughs> I remember leaving covered in ink for some reason. Yes. And I'm not sure why. I just I think remember you were just holding a pen, and for some reason it exploded, and it was all the fuck over. <laughs> right, you. like it was everywhere, and I was and wearing you... like a blazer too. And, yeah, and... yeah. So, so you were uh, cosplaying as an artist, Sean. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. This is a Sean Daly thing right here. Uh, card slinger edition. Oh yeah. People like cards. Cards are big right now. So what's this all about? There's going to be uh, four samurai grandpa trading cards. Uh, the digital edition, chip tune, and digital edition of volume one, uh, and a signed physical copy of Samurai Grandpa. This is seeming like the best tour tier to me so far. It's, yeah, it's so definitely John, my favorites. John came up with these cards, and I didn't even know it. He, he put the graphics in when we were building the page, and my head exploded. I was like, right? "This is the fucking coolest thing!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I've de- I've decided that every campaign I do moving forward is going to have a set of trading cards with it. It's so cool, uh, and it. that's yeah, it's a very efficient reward because unlike something like a pin or uh, something that isn't paper, there is no shipping cost for it. It doesn't add a cost to ship because they're right. just c- tiny little trading yeah, cards. Yeah, you, you can slide them in, in the, the book. book nice and neatly. They're protected. It's yeah. just, yeah. It's, it's like good... one of the best rewards you could add. Mm-hmm. And people love that. So I love that stuff. I love... Oh, look at this. It's the Daverna Daily Mega Combo Digital Bookworm <laughs> Bundle. A oh, digital yeah. bundle of 13 PDF books, including Samurai Grandpa and the Eight Branch Tree, over 1,300 pages. There is no physical book in this re- reward tier. Yeah, it's all, all digital uh, books. Actually, I guess that. Answers. So you got Lost Souls, a gar- <laughs> e Guardian, uh, Bridge Builders Creed. Um, oh, Mother, that? Sean. You actually lettered Mother, too. We can add that. I did that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Runner? I'm not familiar with that one. What's that one, Easton? The Runner is uh, that's a prose book. Um, that's a novel that I wrote. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I self published that first. And. Uh, the source point press picked it up um, a few years ago oh right on and what's yeah. this one in the in the corner i can't read it do i know what this book is which one uh i can't see what's it? Starts with an s shock or something slack or something i need my glasses and they're not near me <laughs> through the shadow of titans maybe. that one shadow titans yes yeah what is yeah. that about um so that's uh that's a 170 page um illustrated novel so that's a mashup of prose and sequential art um and that one is a it's a it's like a fantasy post-apocalyptic tale about um, a family whose kingdom is destroyed by this mysterious blight and they there are these creatures called titans that exist in their world but they're kind of just like giants that do their own thing um and they live off in the distance and things just spiral out of control and it gets very crazy for this family and they're trying to flee they're refugees and they're trying to get to a new kingdom and just shit hits the fan very Uh, cool who did the illustrations for that um jay john did she's i think she's from toronto too actually um yeah and i did that one with uh with dauntless stories um but yeah, that was, it's a little bit of a dark family story. Um, I wrote that in the heat of lockdown and COVID. So maybe, maybe that's why. Um, 
Nice. And I just lost my job too after eight years. So that that's where a lot of my time went to making this book. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so we got yeah. the diversion version, diverna version of uh the daily thing here. We got a storyteller edition. So you're gonna write a a custom prose short story. Yes. For this yeah. tier here. Okay, so far you only have to write two short stories. So kids, uh, either the ink sketch or the storyteller edition. Shoot for either of those and make these boys do some work. <laughs> that oh, is very cool that. that you guys are doing that. I love it. And that's what I mean. Is like To get all something of these... original with your Kickstarter is always yeah. the key thing yeah. for me. Like that's, that's the thing I always enjoy most is, you know, like, it's cool to get a print or a little this or that, but when you get something that's literally original, special, and unique to you and your package, that feels like such a connection between you and the project. You know what I mean? It gives yeah, you a little, it's, it's so much really, more. It's important to have rewards that people connect with instead of just doing. And yeah. obviously, there's nothing wrong with what I'm about to say, but saying like, "Here's a pin," "Here's um, a bookmark." It's like uh, we we get those a lot. We see those a lot. And I'm not knocking on those because, like, guess what? I still do that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I did bookmarks with Illumon. Those were a stretch goal. But um, I made sure everybody got a bookmark with their order just for back in the book and getting, sure. it, getting it happen. But, I mean, here you can get a 5 by 7 watercolor edition. <laughs> like, fuck off. What the fuck is that all about? That's that's a 5 by 7 watercolor commission uh, separate from the book, actually. It won't be drawn in it like the ink sketch. This is going to be on its own piece of uh, five by seven watercolor paper. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's a top, that's one of the top tiers for Yeah, for it rewards. sure is. Okay. And what is this? What's the samurai edition? <laughs> yeah. So this one, this one, they get a little bit of everything. It's, yeah, yeah. It's they get a lot, so shebang, get a lot of everything. It's actually just all of it, basically. Yeah. Original page edition. So the, you're just already giving away the pages of the book. You're just right off the bang, eh? Why not? <laughs> Why not? They're just going to sit here. Okay, kids, $220, about $298 Canadian for an original page from the book you're buying, as well as other shit in there. Um, that, that one is also one of my favorites just because there's something so cool about getting a book in the mail and then a huge page drawn on 11 by 17 paper and then once you get to the page in the book you're like wait i'm like you I have it. the yeah, original yeah. of that yeah it's so cool i have the original back cover what is it for the trade or was it the book yeah. for, for yeah, samurai no, that's the, the trade of him kneeling with his sword Oh, you have that? That's awesome. No, yeah, that. that's hanging that's hanging on my wall right over there with yeah. my Street Cats poster. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I love I love that you have that. I have a, I have a bunch of Sean Daly art on my wall. <laughs> from cool. my grandpa as well. And I have some Lost Souls pages. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great too because this is watercolored. Like it's, yeah. it's like wrinkled and like <laughs> it's just there's a feel oh, to you can, it. Yeah, you, you know? can you can like yeah hold it and look at each panel and like see the brush strokes and yeah. like like the yeah. nib scratches and yeah. it's just like really cool yeah. it's it's uh it's so super cool and then we got an early bird physical edition that's that's over though sadly oh i see okay <laughs> yeah, that was like a 48 hour discount on the book yeah, back yeah. Early kind of thing. yeah. yeah we, had, we had a good amount of backers on there 
Yeah. Well, Jesus Christ, guys, this is one quality Kickstarter. And you guys, uh, I brought you on here because, A, I love you guys and I always want to support. But I noticed you've been a little quiet about this one. And, you know, you guys are such sweet, humble, <laughs> soft-spoken fellas. But well, sometimes we need to yell. So, kids, I'm yelling at you to remember that there's a brand new goddamn Samurai Grandpa Kickstarter going on. Um, and, yeah, uh, like I said, $8,513. You're trying to get to 17. 146 backers. Plenty of time with 20 to go. Oh, yeah. Kids need to get uh, get on the ball and get on there and get this because this is a special project. Uh, I could see you guys working together for decades. That's the plan. Oh, this is already planned out. As far as I'm concerned, that's sorry. I, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, Lisa, I mean, that's hell the yeah. Plan. Yeah. As long as Sean wants to keep working with me, guess what? Okay, I pitch well, on, since... I, I don't know. Sometimes I pitch on some, sometimes so many ideas. He's like, all right, let's slow down. We got, we're already working on like four different things. <laughs> well, Sean, you do too much. I don't know how you do it. It's an inhuman amount of, of, product that you seem to churn out um easton as you seem to probably be the one that sean's worked with most and sean does like to get around and he does like to uh be a team player what is your advice for somebody who may be going into a new project to work with sean daly Somebody to work with Sean. Like say uh, someone was like, Hey, I'm going to make a new book with Sean Daly. What's it like to work with him? You got any advice? Um, I mean, I don't know. Reach out to him to see what his schedule is like. <laughs> <laughs> see if he likes the story. Um, have you learned? Is there any particular quirks to working with Sean Daly? Have you, have you learned to be like, okay, I'm like, as you're writing now, does knowing Sean so well affect that writing in the way that you're, you could be like, okay, no, I know Sean likes this kind of thing. I know Sean will probably be, you know, get excited about this kind of thing. He won't like to do this kind <clears throat> of thing. Is there any of that going on? Um, Yeah. You know, but I think, I think that's also come from years of friendship and like, I know the types of stories that Sean likes and I know his style very well. Um, and so, you know, if I get an idea and um, he likes it, you know, I, I kind of know the way I'm going to write it. It's going to it's gonna sort of, in its own way, turn into like an Easton and Sean story in my, in my head. Like, like it's sort of, because I'm writing it knowing how Sean thinks and how Sean draws and how he tells stories. Um, so, so I can, like, like with Lost, souls like i knew in fight to death like those are their emotional family stories about loss and death and and you know trying to to do your best in a crazy world and i just know like sean and i sort of vibe when it comes to that subject matter um and then you know like I, i'll have like a novel that i'm working on that maybe i thought would be good as a comic but at the same time I'm like well maybe that's maybe that's not going to going to work as well in that area but I don't know. Maybe it could. I don't. I don't really know. But I, yeah, but I think it, you know. <laughs> every script I get from Easton, I can tell. I can tell you right now, Jay, that there are certain things in there that I'm just like, he put this in here for me. Yes, <laughs> he put this in here because he knew that I would like it, <laughs> and and I love that. Uh, 
as long as it always uh as long as it always informs the story which Easton is a very strong writer and he can do that no problem as long as it informs the story um and he knows that it's something I'm gonna love then like he's he's right about it he's never done something where I'm like wait a second this doesn't sound like something I would like it's always that's never happened once <laughs> once it's since we started working together where I've looked at the script and been like this isn't something I'm comfortable drawing it's, this isn't something that seems like fun to draw this isn't something that i'm concerned about drawing that's never happened that's crazy and, yeah i love like that not in that, any way like yeah. that's not yeah i yeah. love it i love it you guys and, going and, together and, like peanut butter and jelly it's the good stuff man <laughs> it's it's interesting like um telling stories in comics yeah you know you can be if you're if you're a writer or an artist just looking to go separately and work with a publisher like you might get paired with people you don't know um and you know there are i'm sure there are certain challenges that come with that i've been lucky to work with a lot of really awesome people and um those are the people that i tend to stick with because for me like comics is so much fun but it's also difficult <laughs> um and and it, and it can be you know when you're in the middle of a Kickstarter in the syrup phase, um, it can be challenging, and you can start to question yourself, and you get that imposter syndrome and all the great things that come with creating. Um, and I like to stick with the people who, you know, to me make it make it worthwhile. And I know that you know like they're they've got my back. I've got theirs. Like Sean and Kay and Grim. And Dan, the people who I've worked with consistently with over the years. Um, and I'm kind of at the point where like, I'm really happy working with just them if they still want to work with me kind of thing, you know? Um, I don't know. It's it's like when you get uh, a little bit older and your friend group shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. <laughs> yeah, and then totally. and, but yeah. at the same time, you're like, no, this is good. Like I found yeah. the people that yeah. I want to like make sure I'm surrounding myself with. Um, I don't need a lot of friends. I just need really good ones. And that's kind of the same thing with collaborators. You don't have to collaborate with everybody. You just need a small group of people that you work really well together with. And yeah. that makes all the difference in a, a job like making comics. That can be very isolating, very lonely mm. sometimes. Uh, you question yourself every single day. It's it, There's a lot of hardships that come with literally just coming up with stories and drawing them and trying to get people to buy them. Yeah. Uh, and so, like Ethan, like you just said, man, having... Uh, what is essentially uh, functioning as your collaborators and your support group all in one place is, is quite nice. Well, it's like a yeah. band. It's like being yeah, in, totally. in a band that happens to last for years, you know, and doesn't ever break up. And they that's it. It's going like on a, a tour when they're all 80 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Marcus, I can't leave him at. I'm going to be editing Marcus, a book yeah. for him soon. Um, but yeah, it is like that. And I was kind of thinking about that. Like when Blink just put out their... Um, their new singles yeah. and i was thinking like i was like really seeing a lot of parallels um in you know obviously friendship and relationships in general but that's music is art right and so it's like creating and then like they're gonna th those three guys are gonna only produce songs that could ever sound like they were made by them you know mm -hmm. and i think like like sean and i our stories will be unique and they would never be they would they would never be the same if it wasn't just the two of us working on that um yep. except my right. grandpa wouldn't exist right if, if it was with sean with another writer or me with another artist or two storytellers working together 
it just wouldn't be the same. And that's the cool thing about creating. This is something unique that only we can make, you know, and that's pretty fun. I love yeah. it. No, that's awesome. You guys are too sweet. <laughs> the, the nice boys, the nice boys of the comic book <laughs> universe. And it works out great. Uh, Sean, we're going to New York City. Yeah, yeah, I'm we so are jealous. I wish I could make it up there. Uh, yeah, I wish aren't you, could you there though? Uh, I was. I lived in New York my whole life until about five or six years ago. I moved down to North Carolina. So oh, it, that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited though. I haven't been back since 2017. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. When was the last time you were there, Sean? Uh, 2021. We're sitting beside Bob Sally at New York Comic Con. Oh, <laughs> how sweet is that? But you're not tabling this round. You are no, just I, a pro guest, right? Yes. I, yeah. Got a pro um, pass. I'm just going to be booting around. Hanging out, talking to people. That's going to be so much fun because I always have to like just sit at your table to spend any time with you. But now you yeah. and I can like go get a fucking hot dog or a pint <laughs> exactly. and like, go meet yes. fucking comic book people, That's uh, which is super exciting. Um, our very good friend, the Becca, is going to be there tabling for her very first time. Yeah. Uh, I'm so goddamn excited for her to have this experience because, of course, oh. New York Comic Con is like an entirely different universe yeah. It's uh it's a trip. Uh our good friends uh Carlos and Clara of Gotham Central are going uh to just hang out as well. Oh really? Um, Carlos yeah, is Carlos is going for no business. No way. Normally That's when he's there, fun. he's set up for CGC or yeah, people he's... running around. No, him and Clara are just going for good times, man. Dude, that's so cool. I right? like have wanted to just hang out with Carlos for a long time, but he's always working. He's right. He's a yeah, he's a busy yeah. boy. So we got that going on. Uh, we're going to see our good friends Dirk and Drina, Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Source Point Press, uh, Josh Werner, Greg Wright, and Travis McIntyre, I believe, will be the lineup. An elegant yes. weapon will be there as press covering all the good times. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, and then a week are you doing at- a Are you doing any interviews while you're there, Jay? I plan to, yeah. Nice. Uh, I plan cool. to get uh, as much pod in as I can. Um, because then a week after that, we have uh, a brand new engagement to announce that we're going to be attending. And that's the Artsy Fartsy Con. <laughs> <laughs> Artsy yeah, Fartsy right. Comic Con, kids, happening at the Transat Club in beautiful Toronto, Ontario on October 21st. That's uh, that's a great name. <laughs> yeah, Anthony hit me up and uh, he's, he's like, I got a name for the show. And I was like, what? He's like, Artsy Fartsy. <laughs> And I was like, I like it, but I think it needs the tag on the end. So how did this show come to be? What what happened to make Anthony okay. do this? Before the pandemic, An- okay, Anthony Rutgazer, kids, uh, Uncle Anthony of the Handsome Genius Club, comic book writer extraordinaire. Yeah, very cool guy, too. He, uh, he is also a wrestling promoter and wrestler. So before the pandemic, he had booked the Transact for a wrestling show that he was going to throw. The pandemic hit and he couldn't have the show, but he has had this reserved because it was already paid for since before the pandemic. So he decided, I don't want to do a wrestling show. I'm going to do a little Comic-Con. He was knocking around in his head for a while there uh, for like months. He was like knocking it around, deciding if he wanted to do one or the other. And then he finally uh, one day decided, yeah, I'm going to do a Comic-Con. He initially had the rules. Uh, you have to if you come you have to buy comics uh 
and cosplayers will be shot on site. Uh, these rules have been quite relaxed since their inception. <laughs> Thank, um, thankfully, yeah. the basic basically this isn't like a Comic Con uh, fan expo type situation. This is comics. It's going to be twenty five tables of the best of the best of local artists uh, and international artists are going to come out and uh, just sell comic books and art. So, um, I mean, obviously, we're not going to send anybody away if they show up in cosplay. Uh, right. But this isn't a giant uh, like like party celebration. This is just selling comics by the best of the best. Yeah, uh, this is know? like a badass book fair. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? exactly. <laughs> this is like That's Scholastic cool. on steroids. <laughs> you know? When is this one? This is October twenty first. Yeah, so it's right after. Um, okay. Right uh, after, yeah, the weekend after. New York. Yeah, weekend after New York. So uh, it's two nine two Brunswick Avenue in Toronto, Ontario. ArtsyFartsyComicCon.com. Uh, Saturday, October 21st. We got Adam Gorham. We got Allison O'Toole, uh, Ricky Lima, uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, of course, Sean Daly will be attending this show. Uh, and uh, local hero Keith Grachow. Uh, we got Jeff Estrella, Greg Oliver, Kevin Briones, Stephanie Line, Marvin Law, Terry Gordon, and uh, I'll be there hanging out too, kids. Uh, this show is also... The triumphant return to Canada of Mr. J.P. Fosgit. He's been away far too long. That's right, kids. J. fucking Fosgit is coming up for Artsy Fartsy Comic Con. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, but I can also mention uh, that Frankenstein Visions is going to be coming up. And I think yesterday or today, your piece was released and they did a little spotlight on your Frankenstein yeah. piece. And it's absolutely gorgeous, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, was... I, uh, I'm happy with that. It's going to be an excellent book. And like I said in the post that I shared, it's, it is, it is in my opinion, an absolute all-star cast of uh, of comic artists. Oh well, what he's built on from the first one, Martin, um, at Slam Press Tomes. There, it's 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 crazy. The first book was nuts enough, and uh, I think there's a lot more in this one too. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> and the first one, as we're mentioning, was Dracula Visions. So what these books are, kids, is they're basically art books where uh, artists, comic book artists, are doing pieces of the of a of a different scene. Uh, from you know throughout the book and then there's a that scene or quote is kind of on the page like next to it sort of thing uh and it's a gorgeous setup and it's a, a cool thing and i've seen some of the art oh my god john day or john delaney when i saw john delaney's i was like god damn you stepped it up boy <laughs> like he pulled out some gold for this one so there's going to be some gorgeous stuff going on uh so yeah sean's in that book as well uh easton what do you got going on you got anything coming up any appearances any new items um no appearances um i'm probably gonna start again next year hopefully i'll maybe i'll do boston that was, that was a fun one nice. um heroes con i would love to get to new york again i always love that show i've never tabled there but i've been there many times <laughs> um yeah, right now, Samurai Grandpa is the big thing. I'm working on A Guardian Volume 3, behind the scenes, um, and a fantasy novel. And uh, Nice. Yeah, that's about it right now. Well, what is the 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 delivery date is March? Uh, for Samurai Grandpa? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah for, March for is... Book one. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, early March or uh, it'll probably be late, late in March is what we're mm -hmm. looking at. Well, what I'm thinking... 
is about how Toronto Comic-Con is happening March 15th to March 17th. Yeah. And that's when you should bring your good friend Eastern, uh, Easton up from uh, down from North Carolina. Uh, I, I would bring him up I here. Absolutely love that. In and, fact, uh, you know, you got a passport, Easton? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, think, I, I think it's still not expired. <laughs> <laughs> you should come up, man. That would be cool. Uh, Toronto Comic Con's a fun show because it's man, not as that big is as. Like, that's on my bucket list. Like, it's All not right, as that's... big as Fan Expo, so it's uh, yeah. it's a little more comic focused. I love that. Yeah, um, it's, it's still pretty bananas, though. Like, it is it's still a crazy show. It's so crazy yeah. that you that I'm like downplaying Toronto Comic Con when compared to most other cities' conventions. It's still yeah. like bigger than those. But yeah, I mean, when yeah. you compare it to Fan Expo, Canada, yeah, that's a like, beast. Like that's a whole other deal, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. excited to go to New York. I'm excited to go to something that's going to dwarf Toronto for a change. Yeah, uh, New York Comic Con is like it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it probably is overwhelming. Actually, it is, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's completely overwhelming. Yeah, I'm actually kind of glad my flight on Sunday is at noon. I'm probably gonna miss the last day, but getting yeah. home on a on the in like in on Sunday afternoon, there's something really appealing about that. I have uh, a feeling yeah, there's gonna yeah. be nothing that goes on Sunday morning that's so cool that I'm gonna miss that it's not worth being home Sunday afternoon to just start to sleep till Monday, right? Yeah, that's uh, my flight Sunday is at noon as well. Yeah, and luckily we're closed, so it's only oh, is it really? Yeah, where are you flying out of? Um LaGuardia. LaGuardia, okay, cool, cool. Are you out of LaGuardia? I think I'm in out of Newark. Right, because um, you're staying in Jersey there, right? Yeah, you got it. You got right it. Right on. Uh, Easton, I meant to ask you, what the fuck's up with your name? <laughs> it's uh, it's so unique. Uh, what is Diverna? What background Diverna, is uh, So we think it's French. There, there's been a little bit of debate on my dad's side whether it's French or Italian. Um, and I don't know. I've never done the... Uh, the DNA test or whatever to find <laughs> out, to find out what it is. But from what I've been told, it's French on that side. Um, in Easton, my parents made up, they liked um, Eastman from Eastman Kodak and Austin. And they sort of, I guess, mashed them together. Um, since I'm, I'm 38 now, but I, for a long time, I never met another one. And just recently, <laughs> I think someone, someone, from the town I grew up in, named their kid Easton. I don't think after me, but I thought that. <laughs> well, you never yeah. know. Is yeah, I don't know. A, I don't think. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google this shit here. But <laughs> uh, I don't think it's spelt the same. Do you know an Easton? Well, isn't that a brand of? bat baseball yeah bat? so so there is an easton but that's with an o in with an that's o a yours is with an i and, right and that's the closest yeah. yeah that's yeah. the closest i've heard yeah that's just a cool fucking handle man it's cool that your parents came up with a name invented a name that sounds like someone else could already have <laughs> most <laughs> times people end up a new name like when there, most people there probably name, was another easton nuts. out there before me but i don't think they knew that person um, and it's funny I, when I was a kid, I used to hate my name. I was like, why can't I have a normal name? Um, <laughs> because it was, it, it was always weird. And I always got the joke. Well, Oh, where's Weston? Is that your cousin? And you know, <laughs> it's like, 
like a little <laughs> it's such a low kid, effort I'm just like oh. <laughs> awesome. now i like so that's, my name <laughs> no that's it's a rad funny. handle man it's yeah just... we, we grow into those things yeah uh, sometimes yeah. i was talking uh today on on stream when i was drawing about being in like grade six uh and i was at summer camp and when you went to the camp for like two weeks or whatever they put you on these big yellow school buses and each one had a disney character pasted to the side of it so you had the captain hook bus you had the Simba bus, the Mufasa bus, the Timon and Pumbaa bus, and they put me on the Tinkerbell bus. And I was <laughs> like, well, why? <laughs> when you're in grade six, <laughs> it's kind of like a big deal. I was like the only boy on the Tinkerbell bus, and I got called Tink for all summer long. Uh, and <laughs> But now, if that happened, I'd be like, yeah, I am, I am Tink. I don't care. Like, that's awesome. Tinkerbell was badass. Oh, we're sensitive uh, when we're children. Yeah. We are. We are. Yeah, we're sensitive yeah. to funny things that eventually we grow up and we're like, yo, that was cool. So. <laughs> awesome. You know what's cool, kids? Samurai Grandpa is fucking cool. And you need to go to Kickstarter and check out the Samurai Grandpa and the Eight Branch Tree book one. Uh, 80 pages of uh, insanity and uh, extremely talented creations from these two individuals. Easton Diverna, Sean Daly, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you fellas. Uh, likewise, man. Thank, thank you so much for hanging out. Yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Anytime, kids, get out there. Samurai Grandpa, please pledge now. You will not regret it. And that is all we are going to have this week on an elegant weapon. Check it out.